Our second scripture lesson this morning is from the gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, holy breath, creating love that is all that is, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of these bodies. We thank you for the gift of this community. We thank you for the gift of your word, O God. May we know that it is alive within us, within the world around us. May we trust and believe enough to let our eyes be opened to the abundance of all that is. Now may you put into my mouth the words you would have me speak and take from my mouth those you would not. Amen. So I don't actually have a whole lot of new things to say today. I'm going to say the same thing I've said a lot. And I think these texts kind of say it too. But I realized when I came back to, um, to thinking about what I would like to offer today, there are three points. Look at me being an old school preacher with my three points that I want to just underscore, that I think show up in these texts today and invite us to an understanding and maybe an orientation for this 40 days of Lent. Those three things are, one, that God is in and through all that is. God is all that is. Two is that all that is is love. That God is love. And three is that one of the easiest ways to access, to connect with the divine, to connect with all that is, is through creation. Those three things. I love these two stories. And in fact, it was now, I guess, a couple of months ago as I was planning which scripture to use this week that I felt like I was supposed to use this scripture from, from Mark again, even though we just and I've talked about baptism of the Lord, I feel like just yesterday, but time is weird anyway. I mean, I realized that was last month, but time is just weird maybe these days. But I felt like it was a little repetitive, but I actually kind of like that because we hear different parts of this story again and again. And one thing that came up to me as I was sitting with this text over this last week is the way in which the text talks about the distinction of what happens in creation. And you don't pick up on it in the English translation here, but the word that is used to describe John baptizing people going into the river is different than the word used to describe Jesus going into the river. 
And then again, I believe, it, and I can be corrected because I was sitting here this morning, it was like I spent all week with this and then I was second guessing myself. But again, that, that same word is used to describe the spirit coming down and into Jesus. So you have John going in the river, which is a thing. It's powerful. We're not under, like, undermining John's witness at all, at all. But there is something that happens that is transformational when Jesus comes into the river. The way that we understand creation is changed. The message that Jesus is bringing is that the way that we understand creation and who we are in relationship to creation is changed. It is something new. God has always been all that is. Yet we have had different people throughout our history who have come and shown us what that means, how to live into that in these human finite bodies. Jesus came in with a fullness of knowledge and understanding and wisdom and embodiment of what it is to be God in flesh. And everything was changed because of that. And yet what I love about going back to this Genesis story as well is that it's the same message there. You have creation stories, you have uh, flood stories from all over certain parts of the world. And it's clear that this was after some point when a catastrophic flood had come and had wiped out everything. And yet there were those who did have a message beforehand, those seers, those visionaries, Moses being one of those, who said, build up, go, stay safe, protect yourself. There is something major coming. God is doing something new. And so they had the knowledge and the information that they needed. And we're still here because of it. Now you can talk about metaphor and all of that, but these stories happen all over the world. So I'm inclined to believe that there was a catastrophic flood and that people had to make sense of it. And in that, like we have these experiences anytime when something catastrophic happens, there is a significant gut check. A moment that says, how do we examine how we have interacted with one another? And what are the ways that we need to re-examine that? What are the ways that we have missed who we are and what we are? And what I love is that they came through that whole experience and they see a rainbow in the sky. And those same seers, those same people who heard that message to protect, to carry yourself, to care for your loved ones and your family and those who have the courage to go with you that they then see that, those same things, were able to see this rainbow in the sky and to say, we have this sign here that the rain has passed, that the most difficult things have passed, and that God is still here with us. God doesn't say it will never rain again. God doesn't actually say there will never be catastrophic floods again. God says that God will not wipe off everyone from the face of the earth. And that's a whole other sermon. We'll get on that one sometime. The complexities of the whole, <laughs> of that whole story. What God says here in though in this story is that I love you and I am with you and I am carrying you through this, even through the worst, most torrential storms of your life. When the entire world seems to be at a state of cataclysmic destruction, I am there with you. Which feels reassuring as we are here in this time when the world feels as though it is in a state of cataclysmic 
destruction. We are going through a time of radical transformation. You could talk to people in the church. You could talk to people in healthcare. You could talk to people in business. You could talk to people in media. You could talk to people in all of these different, in banking. You could talk about people all in the military. Everyone, we are all having questions examining the ways in which we have been functioning on a large scale. I say that over and over again because it's happening whether or not we want to acknowledge it. And I find that a lot of times it can be easier to move through incredibly difficult things if you can at least acknowledge those incredibly difficult things happening. We are moving through an incredibly difficult time. Okay. Okay. Here we are. We've been moving through it. A step at a time. We slip up. We fall down. Yet we keep getting back up helping one another up. Sometimes when we slip up and fall down, we also learn that we need to stay down for a little while. And that's okay too. I have so much gratitude for all of those times when I have been knocked flat off of my feet. I did not like them at the time. But here's the thing, you don't need to. You don't need to like it. It's okay to strongly dislike something you're experiencing. In fact, in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier to say, I strongly dislike this. Because here's the thing, is that you always can know and always can trust that all that is there holding you on the other side of being knocked off your feet, on the other side of that terrible, uncomfortable, painful, heart-wrenching experience, there is a creation that longs to do nothing but hold you in love which may seem like the furthest thing from possible, the furthest thing from reality. Because so often when we're caught up in that swirl of chaos or anxiety or grief or dread or fear over what may or may not happen, the hardest thing for us to imagine is that there is anything gentle, certainly anything gentle being offered to us. But I'll tell you what I have found again and again is that if I give myself the opportunity to sit down, to find my breath, to be still with creation, I find again and again that I come back to this sense of knowing that I am being held by creation, that I am seen, that I am honored, that I am valued. We can trust that Jesus, that transformation of the water, right? That is accessible to us. That water is accessible to us. We are transformed. We have access to a way of knowing, a way of being that enables us to really live in to what we were created to be, which is these beautiful, messy, human, finite incarnations of infinite spirit, here, having this experience of being human for the sheer purpose of being human. When you talk in different traditions or in different within, uh, within even the Presbyterian confessions, what is the purpose? And somebody renamed this. What is the purpose of humanity? To glorify God and to love him forever. That is our purpose. You're like, but you just said the purpose is to live life. The purpose is to be still. So here's the thing, and I said this on Ash Wednesday. If you sit down with the intention of seeing God 
And even just say, God, show me who I am. Show me you. You cannot help but fall in love with all that is around you. And so then what happens is that love, you start to realize it's in here. It's connecting you with all that is. I walk around with a state of awe when I can enable myself to get into that spot to just be still and see it. Because there is always something awe-inspiring happening all around you. Just this minute, just this morning, in 30 minutes of sitting outside, I saw a bluebird for the first time. I saw a blackbird I hadn't seen in a day, which was weird because I had a dream about one a couple nights ago. I saw two different kinds of woodpeckers. I saw a robin. I saw house finches. I saw purple finches. I saw house sparrows. I saw cedar waxwings. That was in my yard this morning, y'all. It was 31 degrees outside. If you sit and you look around long enough, it shows up. I put a couple of bird feeders in my backyard because I want to invite it. When you invite it, it comes. But you got to trust that it's there. And you got to give yourself permission to sit with the discomfort long enough to know that it is not all that is. Long enough to know that that pain or anxiety or whatever it is that's stirring you up is not the only thing. That it does not have to own you. That it does not have to define how you move throughout this world. And as soon as you start to see it like that, you actually start to integrate it and to say thank you. Thank you for those things that terrified me because I know they did not defeat me. And I know that that fear is not all that is. And then over time, you start to cling because you know that that love is there. And you start to see the fear less and less. And you start to see the stranger less and less because you start to encounter every single person as an extension of you and you of them, inextricably tied together in this beautiful web of the holy that is all that is. God is all that is, is in all that is. God is love, life-transforming, turn tables over, tell you at the very core of who you are and empower you to change the world around you so that it matches that beautiful inside kind of love. And God is accessible most easily when you give yourself the opportunity to sit down and be present with creation. That can be another person too. Just be really vulnerable with another human. You can find God there too. You're like, I'll go back to nature, thank you. But again, the more you get comfortable being vulnerable with creation, with yourself, the more you feel yourself being held by that good news that is living, breathing everywhere around you, the more willing you are to be vulnerable with other people. To sound like a fool when you say, I love you so much just because you exist and because I know how much I am loved and I want everyone else to feel that too. Amen.